Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Baseball season is upon us. Take me out to the ballpark. Take me out to the game. See how a good producer and talent work together? He read my mind. Now, here's a problem that I have. Every now and then I try to do things that men are supposed to do. You know, when you're six, seven, eight years old as a young man, you're like, we're supposed to like football. I didn't want to play football because it looked too violent. I'm ahead of my time. But baseball is something I'm trying to get into. I'm trying to do a little male bonding with myself right now. But one of the problems that I have is I see money. You know, Bruce Willis movie, the kid saw dead people. And what's fascinating about this is... The kid, M. Night Shyamalan's movies, all have that twist. And we didn't know that at the time because he wasn't famous at the time, right? So I See Dead People was the big kicker. And it's kind of like, what a great slam on marriage, right? That Bruce Willis died in the first scene. He gets shot. And he actually dies. And the rest of the movie, you just think, like, him and his, his wife must be just, like, real, just tough on him. Because, like, they don't have a lot of conversations. The Sixth Sense was, should have been called, like, yeah, this is what marriage is really like, <laughs> where you become invisible to your wife. We heard the gunshot. We knew he died. And then they're like, oh, they just mind going through a period where they're not talking a lot. Anyhow, I see money, and that's my thing. I know Haley Joel Osment went on to become some famous kid or something like that, and Bruce Willis still makes movies, and M. Night Shyamalan's doing his thing. But I see money, and I'm a little worried about baseball. This is an investment lesson, believe me. Major League Baseball's attendance problem not going away. When I turn on and I watch like a Yankees game or a Boston game, and you see empty seats. Now, I, I get it. The Giants stink. They, they should have empty seats. But then again, Giants play at Giant Stadium, and it's awesome. It's a great day in sunshine, um, in my opinion. But Major League Baseball's attendance problem not going away. A significant dip in 2018 has endured into this season. If you turn on the TV, you can't miss the empty seats. As the calendar goes on, you know, we'll hit summer months, but it seems silly to pay two to $300 for a family when there's empty seats, right? Then you get sodas and all that kind of stuff, and you're looking at four or five hundred dollars, right? It adds up fast. Twelve of the thirty teams in baseball will draw fewer fans in March and April than they did in the same period last year. Seven of those teams are seeing double digit declines, like Toronto Blue Jays, thirty three percent drop off in attendance. Pittsburgh, big drop off, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Miami, uh, all seeing attendance declines. Now I I just mentioned a lot of the, the stinkiest teams, but like I said, if you if you turn on a Yankees game or Boston game, you'll see the a Dodgers game. It, it, you're like whole couch areas of like people just not there. Giants have been perennial contenders for a long time, and that helped boost their attendance numbers. Now they're in their third straight losing season, and you know you're starting to see attendance down 17. percent 
Giants are averaging 32,665. That's down 17% from a year ago at this time. So winning helps for sure. Bobbleheads always do nicely. Um, but it is kind of a supply and demand. And you see things like, I've got an old school neighbor. and uh, He's a Yankee fan. And all you got to do is say the word Yankee around him and the guy will talk to you for 10 minutes. And like you see, we talked about the signing of Bryce Harper. $330 million contract. And he's like, oh, he won't even, his numbers are already starting to tail off. And he's all angry about it. And um, I agree. So when you see a jump in attendance, that helps. But baseball's going to run into a problem because they're, they're relying on outside sources, outside sources, and not product enhancement. Uh, kids today, you know, all baseball parks have massive Wi-Fi, massive Wi-Fi. And they try to make it, you know, palpable for millennials, not necessarily for the old old timers, because the old timers, they're dying off. But attendance down, and all I got to do is tell you, a lot of people are, are still uh, Fortnite numbers are still doing well. So that's a long way for to go for me explaining that to you. But kids don't necessarily feel the swing, the the push per se of going to a live sporting event. So some of the other stories out there today driving the markets. Apple up 6%, up 12 bucks, sitting at 212, well off its all-time high, but it's moving back towards it, adding 300 plus billion to its mega cap status in the last big market run. So Apple's kind of underpinning the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500. Then today you get the FOMC meeting announcement, the directive that comes out at 1, uh, no, no, at 11 Pacific. And then at 11.30, Fed Chairman Powell's going to talk to the press and this is what we see in inflation this is what we see in the economy this is what we see with interest rates it's not to give us demon known the demon unknown is not a problem or the, the demon unknown is is the problem on wall street the demon known we can deal with it in horror movies it's it's the unknown that's the problem right once you know that the devil's coming to get you you start breaking out the holy axes and everything right demon unknown versus demon known i know you're saying holy axes yeah i don't really know my demonology thing terribly well but um, AMD had a nice quarter. So AMD's stuck somewhere in between Intel and NVIDIA. They're not quite sexy like NVIDIA, and they're not quite dull like Intel. Uh, right? They also supply, uh, supply a lot of chips for uh, products that are powered by Apple. So we got a weaker-than-expected manufacturing PMI number. We got the White House administration saying we're moving ever so closer to this China thing. Um, some rumors out there. Chevron's considering a new offer for Anadarko. Uh, Chevron is like one of those companies that it's in the oil services industry, and they own a lot of, of uh, rights and upstream and downstream. And they're able to uh, refine it themselves. So they're kind of an end-to-end product company in oil. And now they're trying to buy a pipeline company. Uh, the pipelines are kind of interesting. Oil has to get from point A to point B, and it comes in ships, and it comes in pipes, right? And the pipes are owned by somebody. And when you flow oil through it, uh, you have to. It's kind of like a road, and there's a toll on it. So pipeline investments tend to have very, very nice dividends. So in an Anadarko Petroleum, for instance, um, any sort of pipeline rights or ownership, like if you own a pipeline, a people are going to rent it from you, so they can send stuff through it. B, it's not like I'm going to move in and I'm going to come up with a pipeline put right next to your pipeline, right? It's tough to get pipelines built. That's one of the biggest problems California has. That's one of the reasons our, our energy prices are so high, because we we have difficulty getting it to the refiners to refine. Uh, 
the things in my head. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. But, of course, if you want a portfolio consultation, you can go to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Get some downloadables. See a seminar. See a webinar. Sign up using the codes RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm wanting to talk about Apple, but I'm going to hold off. But I will at some point. The one that's kind of bugging me was a story that came out yesterday, and I had some massive allergies. Just This is turning out to be one of those years, so I kind of had to disappear from the show yesterday. My eyes woke up kind of almost sealed shut with a uh, goop in them. Pretty gross. Anyhow, thank you for listening. Home prices are growing at a much slower rate in the month of February. Now, again, I own some homes, and there's times where I look at my home appreciation value, and I'm like, ooh, it went up, and it could it go up more? They say it could. Um, I like the low interest rates if I want it to go up, but I don't really want it to always go up. One of the things that breaks my heart is how many people I know that live in the Bay Area and rent homes, and they're stuck in that rental home market, and they're, you know, a family of three, four, five. Breaks my heart when I'm like, you've been renting for nine years, that same home? Like, oh, you made your landlord happy. But home price is growing at a slower rate in February. That was a pretty big story yesterday that I, I couldn't really hit. National home prices rose 4% in February from a year earlier period. That's down from the 4.2% annual gain. Markets that are still winning pretty big. Vegas, Phoenix, Tampa. Vegas prices are up 9.7%. Phoenix up 6.7%. Tampa up 5.4%. So if the big transaction real estate is that buying and selling, that you know 3%, 3% here, 3% there, you're starting to move past some of that, right? Home sales drifted down over the last year. And you actually saw some areas, like San Francisco, where home prices didn't rock and roll. In fact, that party may be, maybe coming to an end? Or is that too early to say? Um, <laughs> that's all I got for you. <laughs> so take a look, um, if you want, and if you can, at real estate prices and tell me, you know, how do you feel about them, honestly, with interest rates moving higher. So the largest gain was 12.7% last year in Seattle. Regional patterns are shifting. If you take a look at the, San, of the three California cities, what do you think of the three California cities that, that basically are thrown together so that we could say, ah, California real estate prices? Los Angeles. No, you forgot to answer in the form of a question. What is Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego? They all had the three slowest price increases over the last year. So prices are slowing. Chicago, New York, and Cleveland saw only slightly higher moves in California. So prices generally rose faster in the, in the inland cities. Think about that for Uno Momentaro. Inland cities. Okay, inland cities. Got it? Got it. Big question I'm getting right now from uh, friends and family, from neighbors, is probably the right way of saying it, is Uber. Should I invest in Uber? And I'm going to tell you, when they come public... It's going to be overvalued. It looks like they're offering about 180 million shares at $44 to $50. The valuation range captures you know, um, a lot of that goodwill. Now, I know some people at Uber, and some of them have bigger mouths than others, and some of them are braggarts. And sometimes you just can't help but going to dinner and hearing some conversations, right? You're going to see growth, but you're also going to see growth decelerate meaningfully over the past few quarters because they're, they're goosing it. 
You know any offers I've got from Uber right now, recently about 50% off my next ride? They're goosing the numbers. I know you're saying goose. 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 Thank you. Tom Cruise from Top Gun. Thank you. Top Gun 2 coming this summer to a theater near you. So Uber's IPO is drawing big name supporters, including PayPal. Uber's offering 180 million shares. So it's a fully mature company, and they probably stayed public too long. They're losing a billion plus dollars. So I think it's going to be overvalued very fast. And you have to wait for it to fall to let some of that pressure of people who've owned it, owned it, owned it, owned it. You got to let some of that selling happen. But again, if you're crazy and you say, I want a 1% position or a 3% position, maybe buy a little bit now and a little bit later. New York Stern professor, Aswath Damodaran. He's what we look to on CNBC and Bloomberg to try to like put a valuation. And uh, he thinks it's going to be worth maybe $60 billion in a best-case scenario, struggling to grow its way into profits. A lot like Amazon, and you're going to hear more and more comparisons of Uber to Amazon. We're losing money, and we're okay with it. We're losing money, and we're okay with it. Look at the revenue. Look at the man over there. Look at the revenue. Don't look at the earnings. Adjusted revenue growth has decelerated from 85% to 14% in the last few quarters. It's booking growth slowed from the high 50% in the first quarter to the mid 30% in the uh, first quarter of 2019. So the, the numbers are starting to grow. Slow. Slow. Getting back in the kick of things, right? Payrolls were nice. Private payrolls, private payrolls were up 275,000 last month. That's the biggest increase since July. And again, we're, full, we're not fully employed, but we've got enough employment here in this country that if you hate your boss and you're still working for him, I, I call you out because... You can go elsewhere. Anyhow, 800-516-1222 calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Apple has to be talked about at some point in time. Uh, iPad sales were up 22% year over year. Mac sales were down about 5% year over year. Listen to this, the iPad. They sell $5 billion, $4.8 billion of iPads in the last 90 days. That's not bad. The Macs. $5.5 billion in the last 90 days. You know, I recently said I'll probably never buy another desktop computer. I think that has to be over. Maybe, I don't know if that's true or not. I guess, right? Um, and wearables, a $5.1 billion quarter. The reason I bring that up, the iPad, the Mac, and the wearables, all about $5 billion, right? And the wearables obviously include the iPads, the AirPods, the iMac. When the AirPods come out with another health feature, I'll, I'll be all in. Like, I'm looking for something fun. That's why I'm not buying a desktop again. But if the AirPods can tell me my heartbeat, I'll be like, is that important? Is heartbeat important? Because if it does the heartbeat, I'll do that. The EKG thing, I, I'm a little bit weird about shocking my own body and getting my heart rhythms, right? We're looking for fun things. Apple News Plus, new iPads, AirPods, iMacs. Sales in China fell about 22%. But if you listen to Tim Cook on the conference call yesterday, he's like, it's coming back nicely. And remember I told you the Macs, the AirPods, and uh, iPads all about $5 billion? Services came in at $11.4 billion. Backing up your account online. Maybe you know, launching a credit card system. Interesting stuff. Net income of $11.6 billion in the last 90 days. They made $11.6 billion. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. 
Apple stock is rising as a services shift seems to be working. It'll be interesting to see if, if they can get a hot product again, if they start saying, okay, now pay attention to phones again. Because they're trying to say, don't pay attention to phones right now. But that's out there. Marijuana keeps coming back on a whole regular push. So I should talk about a marijuana merger. And uh, Trump wants to cut the Fed basically out of his life by saying, hey, I'll do your job for you. I want to cut interest rates by a full point, 100%. Um, in my opinion, we now have room to go down after the Federal Reserve went on a, a, a binge to, to push interest rates higher. But we are kind of living this, I hate this phrase, the new normal. The new normal is something along the lines of you hear marijuana commercials about it. Hey, do you remember back in the day when you'd walk down the streets and a copper could pull you over and like beat you up, see if you had weed on you? That's now we're the new norm. Um, I don't even know what the commercial is, but it says something about that. Blah, 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 blah. Sometimes commercials don't work as effectively as you want them to, right? Anyway, I am digressing. CVS stock is rising. I look at it like this. When it comes to retail, how many investment choices do you want to make before you're like, oh, I've just over-diversified? I got an email from you, a listener, this week that said, should I just buy a 5G ETF? 5G is going to be a faster phone service. Downloads will be faster. Netflix downloads will be faster. Uh, Verizon and AT&T will probably charge a little bit more of a premium for the faster internet speeds, or at least they'll try it first. There'll be winners, like uh, companies like Qualcomm, who make 5G modem chipsets. There'll be companies like Apple, who maybe that'll unlock a really cool feature. Um, So you kind of have to say, I get why you want to play 5G. It's going to be sexy. There's going to be growth there. Uh, that's one of the key tenets of investing, right? Find any sector that's growing faster than GDP to start with. And if you want safety, go for companies that are not growing as fast as GDP and tend to be things like utilities. That doesn't always work. Go ask PG&E. So CVS is someone I pay attention to in the world of retail, but how many investment choices? Oh, wait, wait, the 5G ETF question. So the email is, should I just buy an ETF? And I'm like, sure, you're going to get more watered-down returns. You're going to get winners and losers. But you're going to get a trend, the 5G trend, in theory, if the index is put together properly or even close to properly. And what, what the guy really probably wanted to say was, I want to hit a home run. Who do, you think, who do I think is going to be a home run? I think Qualcomm has some room to go on the upside here with uh, 5G. With that said, because Burke Advisor taking the action on the stocks mentioned, I own shares of Qualcomm. And that's my cute little niche play on 5G. But again, you have to find yours. It's like, this is my hiding spot. Do you remember when you were playing hide-and-seek and... For the life of you, you couldn't figure out one good place to hide. And then you, you figure it out and you show up to the place and someone's already there. And they're like, this is my hiding place. Well, you don't own it. Fair. And so what I would just do is, at that point in time, just fall on the ground and act dead. <laughs> I wasn't the best at hide and seek. Anyhow, that's embarrassing. CVS is um, a retail play. And I just told you how I would play 5G. Same kind of thing has to happen in with your, your overall stock portfolio. You can't own every retailer. CVS is nice. You know, you go into a city and you're like, oh, I've got a cold. Where do I go? Well, I'm sure there's a CVS somewhere in this city. Oh, I've got allergies and I forgot my allergy medicine. Achoo, achoo, achoo. I'm sure there's a CVS somewhere, right? So CVS stock to me is kind of a trading vehicle. If I've run out of ideas, I'll look at my trading vehicles. And I'll say, I like CVS. It's not going to get me in too much trouble. It's not going to hit me too much of a home run. Let's look at the valuation. Um, It trades sometimes at like eight times earnings. That is so, so unsexy. The company has such slow growth mechanisms built in that 
it trades in a range in the last five years, somewhere between eight times earnings and 20 times earnings. So if it's at 20, I don't I have no interest in it. But if it's down at eight and it's historically averaged about 14 times, I'm like, that's on the value side. Now let's see if there's something wrong that's creating said value. And you look at the revenue, you look at the operating profits. Uh, ultimately up in most divisions inside the company, there is uh, a hampering, a hog tied, uh, hands tied hogs. I'm just thinking about bacon. Um, there's some things that slow them down, like the reimbursement pressure and lower generic drug introductions. So I always buy generic, just so you know. I know you're saying, really? You buy like generic steak? No, I'll spend money on decent food. Whereas on drugs, if it's the active ingredients, it's metho, filio, filio, If it's the same in the generic as it is, in the, I just don't want to pay for the commercial of the, the brand name. Hey, are you outside sneezing all day? Well, Brett Favre is too. I want to talk about that's enough. Enough, I tell you. So the presidential issue is still out there. Donald Trump is attacking Joe Biden. 60 tweets uh, in in 20 minutes on Wednesday. And I go, wow, Twitter really is kind of something. In the last two or three years, we've started seeing, you know, I'm not going to talk politics here, but 60 tweets is kind of crazy. But we've started seeing a little bit more uh, people starting to say, Twitter, how many Twitter followers do you have? So you're starting to see it in the news of like Olivia Jade. How many Twitter followers did she have to become a social influencer? I know you're saying, who's Olivia Jade? That sounds like a, uh, an adult actress's name. It does sound like an adult actress's name. Um, who is Olivia Jade? Twitter's become a lot more acceptable as a metric now. You know, the Kardashians, and you think about it, uh, they're the ultimate. If you have X amount of users, followers... They charge X amount of dollars for a tweet about your your total lip package. I know. So what I'm trying to get at, and I'm not getting there in a smart way, Twitter may have some upside. So you hear numbers a lot. And when they start becoming the kind of the norm, like you don't say, oh, they've got five, you know, 5 million likes on Facebook. You're talking about Twitter followers. YouTube kind of is try, trying to play with that subscribe, you know, subscribe here, subscribe here, subscribe here model. But Twitter seems to kind of own the uh, following metric, so to speak. Hulu reaches 28 million subscribers. I don't use Hulu, and I think this is the last 18 months has been a kind of an explosion on the upside for cord-cutting services. If it started kind of small two to three years ago, four years ago, the service isn't out there. There's tons of them now. There's a sports one that's like 16 bucks a month, and they're raising prices, and YouTube TV starting to raise prices a little bit, but you can get more services. There's a company called Cheddar who... They were trying to be a poor man CNBC, and guess what? Someone paid $200 million plus to buy that station because they could put it on streaming services. So there's definitely a business model going on there. But uh, I think the next 18 months should be probably be uh, a saturation level where we start seeing the number of users grow, but not as fast as it used to. But we're also going to start seeing differentiation of services. You know, for Hulu to say, oh, by the way, we got some new Marvel superhero shows coming. Guess who doesn't have Marvel superheroes coming? That would be Netflix. And guess who owns the Net, uh, Marvel Net, uh, sh- uh, superheroes? That would be Disney. Guess who owns the majority of Hulu? That would be Disney. It's going to be an interesting couple, uh, like I said, next 18 months, 24 months, to see what Hulu offers, what Netflix offers, how uh, CBS, CBS responds and NBC responds. NBC's got two of the biggest hit shows of all time, right? Maybe even three. Friends? 
Let's see if we can come up with them. Friends. Friends. The Office. The Office. Oh, and Seinfeld. So that's out there. Syndication. Oh, there's people that have seen every episode of Friends. If you elect me president of the United States, I will throw every single person who's watched every single episode of Friends in the Darwinian wood chipper. I will start weeding. I will make this country smart again. I know you're saying, Rob, I watched every episode of Friends. I could tell you the episode where Monica met Chandler. Do you know that I'm not ever so there drinking black coffee, but they usually drink coffee with a cream in it? <laughs> what did you get out of it? 800-516-1220. Barclays just estimated the U.S. weed market will be about $28 billion if legalized today. Congress has never met a tax they didn't like. Something tells me legalization's coming. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Apple beat top and bottom line expectations. Shares are rising, playing with that trillion-dollar level. They have a ton of cash. Man, I... I don't want to sound like I'm in the corner for Apple. Their valuation, to me, is not crazy. If you give them the same valuation that, say, a Coca-Cola has, then you're talking about a $320 stock. Like, there's a lot of upside to that company, in my opinion. Now, yes, I get that Coca-Cola is able to slowly raise prices over time. And I get Coca-Cola's got the international thing going. I get the fact that Coca-Cola's, you know, embedded in our society and our culture. I think a lot of that can be said for Apple, too. The problem with Apple is, is that they're going to have to prove that, you know, te- they, they don't become the tech beast or slave to the tech numbers of smaller, cheaper, faster. I think we've all said, my phone's fine. So you know what they need to do? They need to come up with a better camera. You know why they need to come up with a better camera? Because then you're going to be using more storage on your phone. They're going to have a camera that has one billion megapixels. And then they're like, well, boss, like, People's phones aren't filling up as fast as they used to. So we, we need to tell them, you know, come up with another 2 billion megapixels. <laughs> How about we just jump straight to a trillion, right? So constant state of smaller, cheaper, faster. And uh, I think Apple deserves a higher PE on its its services. But again, there's now you got a lot of things going on. Hardware, smaller, cheaper, faster. Software, constant innovation. And people copying your innovation. So there's a lot going on. Apple beating on top line numbers. That's helping tech stocks do well today. Because obviously the amount of revenue pulled in is pretty impressive. Speaking of which, Apple released their financials. They sold $31 billion of phones. I talked a little bit earlier and I never got to it on how wearables, basically their AirPods, the ear things, and the watches are about $5 billion. So $5 billion for that. Phones, $31 billion. I'm not... I'm not dismissing Apple, if you know what I'm saying. Apple's getting more skilled at selling other hardware and software products to its installed base. And they used a, something on the conference call yesterday that I found intriguing. He said, we're going to tinker with subscription model. Apple throws a lot of stuff against the wall. I don't know if you remember this, but a couple years ago, they came up with this plan that basically said, we'll give you a new iPhone every year, but you're going to pay basically 70, 80% of it. And we're going to get it back at the end of the year. And you're like, okay, tinker, tinker, tinker. What if Apple were to say, Rob, we know you like the Apple ecosystem. We could see it. You used to get a lot of movies and used to pay for a lot of music, and now you're using Apple Music. What if they were to give me Apple Music, AirPods to listen to it, a phone 
What if they were to say bundle it all together, start a new subscription model? It'd be about a dollar that I'd pay for that, for, but I would pay for it. iPhone revenue was down 17% year over year, and yet the stock's moving higher because they've got an installed user base of about 900 million iPhones right now. Apple CEO Tim Cook highlighted two big growing businesses. You know, again, Apple services which includes subscriptions like Apple Music and iCloud, and Apple's wearable business. So for their services, best quarter ever. Revenue hit $11.5 billion. Service revenue was up 16%. Apple's been emphasizing its service businesses as iPhone sales are stalling. So two of their new services coming up with credit card, right? That's going to be a service. And we still, it looks like it could be a big win for Goldman Sachs. We're still trying to figure out for Apple how sticky does it make to use your phone. But you're going to be able to borrow money with no interest or something like that. Like, I could see someone stuck at a grocery store going, oh, my credit card's maxed out. What do I do? Do you have an Apple phone? You can take out a loan on your phone. It's a credit card. Dan Ives estimated that Apple streaming services could sign up as many as 100 million customers over the next three years. So I'm again saying this as I started the segment. I think the valuation is a little wonky on the company. I'm not going to be an apologist for the company when they underperform. I'm not going to gloat when they do well. I just think that the numbers are a little bit wrong. I think it's being valued as a tech hardware company, more so than as a services company or as a lifestyle company. When, you, when I got the AirPods, I was probably one of the early adopters, and I had to explain it to people. Oh, you won't believe it. Like When you take it out, one, your music stops. When you put it back in, it starts. And I, I think it's the best USB phone earplug um, that I've used. I got so tired of the Logitech ones. Like, ah, oh. uh, people are like, oh, you're going to lose those. Never lost them. So, but it was in your head. Learn that sleeping with them on, not a good idea because they will end up by your feet. And like, how does that happen? Oh boy. Cigarette alternative that heats tobacco has been approved by U.S. health officials. Something tells me this is going to have a sad ending. But Philip Morris is going to sell a cigarette alternative that heats tobacco without burning it, opening the door for the company's efforts to shift smokers towards newer products. I, it's called Icos. Icos. It's going to be advertised as less harmful than cigarettes. Oh, man. We do this. We let our companies sell this to our people. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. Um, got a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. When you do download them, you could uh, take a look at a seminar that's coming up. Seminars are always coming up. You can use the code RADIO25 if you've never been to an event. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And again, a lot of good downloadables for you to get. Uh, maybe you sign up for a portfolio review with CFP Chad Burton and his team at newfocusfinancial.com.